Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Council of Elrond, a Lord of the Rings podcast brought to you by the Melonheads, where we discuss all things Lord of the Rings, Tolkien and Middle-earth related. In today's episode you are going to learn absolutely everything there is to know about Saruman's crystal ball, which is called the Palantir, and the rest of these seeing stones. Where did they come from? What do they do? How do they work? Well, I can see into your mind that you will know all this information by the end of this episode, so buckle up and enjoy the ride. I'm Dave, and joined with me here today is my co-host, Johnny. A Palantir is a dangerous tool, Saruman. Why? Why should we fear to use it? So firstly, I just want to break down the actual meaning of the word Palantir, or the plural Palantiri. In Quenya, the word Pal is wide or open. Uh, there's an, uh, there's another word called palang or palang meaning far and distant, and then the word tear means watch. So pal wide open and tear watch. So pal and tear. There you go. Oh, it's not like friend and a uh, like a teardrop. Pal and tear. Pal, <laughs> my bud and cry. Exactly. Pal and tear. The stuff of wizards. A crystal ball to see the future. Uh, yeah, so Johnny, what do what do the Palantiri look like? Or what does the Palantir that we know from the movies look like? Um, yeah, well, I believe you said in your intro that it's like a crystal ball. So uh, yeah, that's what it looks like. It looks like a, a crystal ball, but I suppose the ones that we see in the movie, we definitely see a kind of a, a one that's kind of a black sort of marble type finish on the outside of it, where it's kind of... Um, I don't know, it just it looks just like just like a big lump of marble, but like in a perfectly rounded uh, shape. So it's like a perfectly cylindrical, not cylindrical, perfectly spherical uh, marble ball. That's what it looks like. Mm, very nice. Spherical ball. Yeah. Perfectly smooth. Uh, all in varying sizes. Looks lovely. I just want to I just want to like rub it on my face. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know those uh, guys you see in like circuses and stuff or on the street where they're just like moving those balls on their oh, hand? Oh, yeah. And they're, they're just like moving all around their body. That's kind of like what the palantir looks like to me it's just like mm. so smooth that it just like slips around your body <laughs> yeah it sounds very no. dirty but you know you know what i mean no, no. um so yeah they're mostly small crystal like crystal like balls with uh the diameter around a foot but some were too enormous to be lifted by one man but yeah you're correct in everything dark uh marble like look finish to them but um i want to ask you do you know how many there actually were Ooh, um, I think, let me see. I think there were, were there seven, seven seeing stones. Is that, that's so you are kind of correct. They oh. were called the seven seeing stones or the seven stones or the seeing stones, but there were eight, which are for God's sake. <laughs> um, well, there were eight that we actually know of. It isn't completely confirmed, but there's eight stones in the books that are mentioned. They are not all accounted for, the lost seeing stones. We do not know who else may be watching. And mm. would you know where they were or whereabouts the stones oh, are located? God, no, I wouldn't have a clue. I know that, um, well, obviously... You know where one is. I know where, I know Saruman has one. I know that Sauron has one. I know that Denethor has one. Uh, it says three. Um, 
Yeah, very good. Like I'm gonna mainly talk about the three that are involved during the third age or during the Lord of the Rings time mm-hmm. period. So so you got that right. So what do we have there? Orthanc. Yeah, right. Barador. Yeah. And Gondor. Okay. That that'll do. Um it's, I mean yeah, I don't think I'm going to get more than that, really. I mean, I, yeah, but what room? <laughs> no, I'm only messing. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was in the, the most... northeast corner of uh, Denethor's bedroom. Exactly. <laughs> Under his mantelpiece. Uh, so the most obvious one was, of course, in Orthanc and Saruman's possession. Uh, another in Barador, like you mentioned. I can see that this is like the Paladin. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm pretending to like be Saruman controlling my uh, microphone. Controlling my microphone. <laughs> Yeah. Um, to all of our viewers who are only listening and cannot cannot actually view it or cannot see it, that's going to be very helpful. So, um, oh yeah, very good. Um, so yeah, uh, another like you mentioned was in Barador, and this is the one that Sauron uses to corrupt Saruman's mind. And lastly, Minas Ithil, which was converted to Minas Morgul, which is where the Witch King pops mm. uh, pops out of the movies in that little fortress. Um, I'll touch on the other stones briefly later, but uh, yeah, very good. We're going, Class. we're going good so far. Um, very, very good. So, other than Netflix, Disney Plus, and Middle Earth Tinder, what were the stones used for, and what did they <laughs> actually do? <laughs> uh, yeah, very good. Do you like swipe? How do you swipe left or swipe right on the on the palantir? Just yeah, you like just uh, smack the ball to the left and smack yeah, you, it to the right. <laughs> you roll roll it to the left and roll it to the right. Um, so what was the question? I'm sorry. <laughs> what, what, what were they used for? Um, well, they were used for communication, I suppose. You could have a little, mm-hmm. you could get on the old, uh, the, the dog and bone and, uh, on the blower, on the blower, give your friend a call. And, uh, yeah. Um, but basically that communicating from, uh, like, I mean, obviously Sauron and Sauron used to, uh, uh, have little chats all the time and they'd yeah. just catch up and see how they were getting on and be like. How is Aramon? Just your your hair is looking very white and long today. You're you'd be it's using gorgeous. You'd be using the Pantene Pro V that I sent you. So um, <laughs> the Palantir, <laughs> the Palantir Pro V, Palantir Pantene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with its um, like Snapchat apps on it and what are the rest yeah. The so um, is that what you're looking for to see what it was looking what what it was used for yeah. or what else uh, we saw because obviously. We saw how they were used um, in the movies, which, like I said, obviously, I mean, I, my what I would say was just communication was the, the main thing that they were used for. But, you know, they could be to actually have a conversation with someone and maybe Sauron could speak to the Witch King and, you know, tell him some information. But then also in they were used maybe in other way, almost like Galadriel's mirror as well, where you could see things that maybe weren't actually reality or were maybe possibilities of things that could happen in the future so for example uh saruman maybe sorry um, when pippin looked into saruman's palantir he saw things that maybe were possibilities of things that would happen in the future like he saw sauron's plan so um that's so it's not just like a like you know a skype call it's also you know it's a bit of like mystery and magic and you could actually see things that were happening any time it's almost like bran from a from game of thrones game of thrones he could just like you know uh the three-eyed raven he could just see things like anything that happened at any time in any part of the world sort of yeah (laughs) that was very convenient you just see Mm. anything at any time in any part of the world (laughs) (laughs) and he was 
Very useful, wasn't he? <laughs> oh, and no. he was definitely the most interesting character, and I'm yeah. so glad he became the king. <laughs> he was so interesting that they cut him from season five altogether. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah. Brad, would you would you like to be the king? That is why I have come. But yeah. Brad, did you, did you not just already say like two minutes ago that you can never hold any lands or, you know, be the lord of, of anything? Yes, I did, but uh, we forgot about that, so let's just... But that was on. the past. Yeah. That is why I have come all this way. <laughs> But yeah, um, back to the Palantir or the Palantiri, you're you're completely correct. They were mainly used. Well, if you go by Peter Jackson's films, uh, it seems that Saruman can sort of communicate with Sauron and have the chats with him, amongst seeing other cool, flashy stuff like you mentioned, like uh, like seeing Sauron's plan and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, mainly meant for communication purposes. But it's not just as simple as that, because there's a specific way to use them and how they work. Um, so first and foremost, <laughs> not anyone could just use the Palantiri. Uh, so much like a 10 year old playing Fortnite, it takes a lot of skill and probably years of practice. <laughs> <laughs> so each stone had axes and it needed to be positioned correctly in order for it to work. So to operate the Palantir, the user, or in this case, they'd be called the surveyor, they had to position themselves behind the stone so that it is facing the direction of where they want to communicate. So mm. maybe Saruman had his like position towards Mordor. The stars are not in position for this tribute. Like he says, stars can't do it. Not today. Very good. What kind of like OS, what kind of like operating system was the Palantir running? Oh, it was Explorer. <laughs> Windows Explorer. <laughs> there was dial up like when you call when you said the um the, the users of the Palantir I was thinking of like uh, the Palantiri social media website. Exactly. Um so the surveyor would then telepathically send their thoughts to the user on the other stone who would hear oh, their class. message in their mind. So this form of communication actually had a name in Quenya. And Quenya is the high formal, like, elven language. And mm-hmm. this name was Osanwe, which translates to interchange of thought. So oh, that was the kind of technique that was used. And yeah, so that's pretty cool. Very good. Uh, so the Palantiri could not transfer sound, however, only visions and thought. Uh, people and what places about smell? Could- Oh man, we talked about this before, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've had, we had many a chat about being able to transfer smells over phones. Hopefully one day. Hopefully, Hopefully one day. someday. We exactly. have a blooper that we had to cut from an episode of us discussing <laughs> sending each other farts, but uh, who knows, maybe that'll make an appearance way, way, way down the line. <laughs> yeah, we'll put it up on the on the Patreon. Yeah, yeah we'll do it. <laughs> we need to set up Patreon first and then uh, we'll use that for putting up bloopers of us me and Dave talking about stupid things oh dear god yeah pay us money to hear us talk about farts <laughs> that's how it works <laughs> um, but yeah people and places could also be seen if the surveyor is, is very skilled and magnification was also possible for those with extraordinary willpower I think a lot of the stones like in order to use them takes a lot of willpower so that's kind of Mm. i don't know that's the skill set required for actually using it so perhaps um aragorn using the stone was because he had a tremendous amount of willpower and 
yada yada. So not anyone anyone could just like pick up a stone and use it. But if you did already have a tremendous amount of willpower, whatever that means, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, but, I suppose uh, it, it, it kind of. I think it would kind of be like just having a conversation with Saruman uh, in, without the stones, just in general. Like if you go and you start speaking to Saruman, his voice was so powerful and he had like such, he was so good at like manipulation um, that if you weren't like really strong-willed and, you know, you're, if you didn't have a strong mind and you weren't like, I don't know, uh, worthy, uh, yeah. maybe, I'm, I'm not sure, whatever, whatever that's supposed to mean as well. If you're not worthy to have this conversation, well, then you just get destroyed by Saruman. But if you have like a strong mind and you're able to kind of go toe-to-toe with him, then you would be able to maybe come out of a conversation with him unscathed. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Man, he must uh, have a load of friends. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. So guys, what shall we talk about? Like, yeah. Oh no! Imagine oh going down god. to the pub with Saruman and you're yeah, like, yeah. oh god, he's about to tell us yeah. a story. <laughs> Saruman just leads over with a pint of He's like, come here to me now and I'll tell you a story. And you're like, oh no, I'm going to yeah, die. It's like a proper old man in a pub. Yeah. Do you notice when like our lads in the pub, they don't just like tell you a story they also have to like grab your arm and like pull you really close oh they have to lead in to lead yeah into. yeah so you and can you can tell face. you can you can smell what they've had for breakfast and you're like oh my god oh, oh yeah and you'll be cleaning off your face the next morning as well you're like oh god <laughs> oh lad mm. hey before moving on to more palantiri stuff do you want to hear something cool yeah go on go ahead so Rowan Silversmiths reached out to us on Instagram. In Instagram, sorry, <laughs> had a bit of an Australian accent there, or New Zealand, or the name. So, do you do you want to hear what he has to say? Sure. Who who is this? This is Rowan Silversmiths. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And he says, ah. "Hi lads, I love your podcast. I started listening to the Friendship Onion, and it recommended me to listen to your podcast. And I would go as far as to say yours is even better." Ooh. Ah. Don't know about that, but like, look, we're we're trying, we're trying. He continues. He says, "I'm a jeweler by trade, and would love to make you both a silver version of the One Ring, free of charge." Ah, oh. so I just thought that was such a class class gift. Oh, that's great. That would be that would be so cool. Uh, yeah, I think I used to have a couple of rings like years ago, but I've definitely lost them. So uh, I could do with a new one. And if it's made by like a proper jeweler, well, then that would be lovely. Thank you, sir. All the like crappy ones you get in gift shops and stuff they always kind of go brown after a while and they're always way too big and yeah mm. i don't know yeah he said he said a silver one which would be like more socially acceptable to wear as well i couldn't be right, well, walking around with a gold ring like <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i mean i'm obviously going to wear a chain around my neck so under my shirt so i'm going to keep it secret and keep it safe keep it safe so, uh, well mr roan we would absolutely love that uh i've had a sneaky look through his instagram page and he's got some top top quality jewelry there so um uh yeah he seems like a lovely bloke as well so everyone go check him out he's at rowan silversmiths on instagram Uh, i'll probably tag him in the description below anyways but uh yeah thanks a million man thank you very much back to the palantiri juanatan where did they come from and who made these stones um Oh God! Uh, was it? I don't know. Saruman um, himself? No, I th- I reckon like it was probably the elves, like back in the first age or something. Back in uh, maybe the elves or maybe the like the the Valar. Uh, I'm not too sure. Maybe in Valinor, but by the elves. Oh, some quality guessing going on here. Is uh, am I close? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're ba- you're fairly bang on. Like it's it's not known exactly who created them, but it was the the Noldor elves. 
So oh, the you got that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and savage. well, it was most likely thought to be Feanor who famously created what? Feanor, the the Silmarils. Exactly. So mm. I think um, I don't think it explicitly says it anywhere that Feanor created the stones, but I think it's just widely believed. Like most people just say, yeah, Feanor created them. Uh, mm. But they would have been created in Valinor during the early days of the creation of Varda. So mm. yeah, you're correct there again. Oh. Wow, that was that was a bit of a guess. I mean, maybe I saw it before, but I definitely didn't remember. So. I mean, anything that's like magical and cool. Yeah, and yeah. Old, you could be like yeah. elves, Valinor. Yeah, exactly. It was kind of a Job safe, done. kind of a safe bet. Like, yeah, yeah. And yeah, Feanor or Celebrimbor. You're like, yeah, one of them two probably did. It. Yeah. Yeah, it's like answering Jesus in Sunday school. It's always going to be Jesus. <laughs> so, kids, who did Jesus? Okay, well done. Yeah, that's the answer. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it is here in Valinor where the Master Stone was placed in. I'm oh, sorry, on the island of Tall Erisea in the Tower of Avalone. Mm. Uh, all the other stones show up in Middle Earth on the island of Numenor, and the elves gifted them to Amandil, who is actually Elendil's father. Uh, this is when he lived in Numenor at the time. But when Numenor is destroyed, Elendil escapes and takes the seven seeing stones to Middle-earth. The reason the stones all split up is because Elendil stations them in the realms of both kingdoms, Arnor and Gondor. So you can actually find maps where all the stones are located, like they're, you know, in different like locations in Arnor which is up north and then Gondor down below so he kind of stations them to like the four not the four corners but yeah maybe the four corners of each kingdom mm. so uh, right. as a means of communication cool. as well and kind of overlooking his land and his kingdoms um, yeah that makes sense yeah smart smart so mm. well I want to just go through a couple of the stones I, I don't have too much to say on them so don't worry I won't bore you to death but oh, thank uh, God. So firstly, the Orthanc stone. This is the, the, the most famous stone that everyone knows from the movies. Um, this is actually part of the reason that Saruman decides on taking up residence in Orthanc. He wanted access to the abilities of the stone. Uh, he was given the keys by a steward of Gondor. But I don't know why, but it wasn't until 250 years after residing in Orthanc, Saruman finally uses the stone for the first time. Don't ask me why. Oh. There's probably a reason, but I don't know. Um, if anyone knows, send it in. <laughs> yeah, he uh, was master. Yeah. He was he was mastering Fortnite before that. Fortnite, yeah, or foreplay with stone. He was like, hmm, you can't just go straight into building up the courage. <laughs> yeah. Um. Although he did not realize that there were other stones being used. Uh. This includes Sauron stone, which is the which is the stone he used to corrupt the wizard. Um. But do you know? Do you remember what happened to the stone in the book, the the Orthanc stone? Um, at what point? When? Sorry, before it fell into the hands of Pippin. Oh well, like I mean, where it was thrown from yeah, Orthanc? Yeah. Is that what you're asking about? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so Grima. Well, yeah, am I am I correct? Grima threw it from the rooftop at Saruman, uh, when they were having their little like uh, their little lovers tiff. Quarrel. <laughs> he chucked it at him and tried to like knock him out and then uh, it it fell down and it landed on the ground and that's uh, how Pippin then got his hands on it exactly Later so on. a little bit different to the movies that's exactly how Johnny said there Grima just kind of chucks it at, isn't it it's not really known if it's directed towards Saruman or Gandalf it's just kind of yeah well that direction yeah, it's kind of not known 
apparently there's a little bit of uh there's a little bit of debate about whether because i think um green was basically on the rooftop and then saruman was at his little balcony area like down below yeah. and then gandalf was below saruman again gandalf so, was on the terrace <laughs> <laughs> yeah he was sitting down having a beer and some olives and uh so then Grima threw it directly down towards, Sar- and I mean, I mean it, it, it missed Saruman and then it went down towards Gandalf. So he, you could you could say, oh, he was trying to hit Gandalf, but I think everybody knows he was just yeah. fed up of Saruman's bullshit. He was like, right, I've had enough of this lad. I'm going to kill him with his own pal- <laughs> Palantir and uh, that'll be it. And, and I think um, he doesn't even yeah. know it is a Palantir or he doesn't know much about it. He just kind of picks it up and chucks it at him. He's like, look at this nice smooth rock. He's going to throw it at that old guy. He's not the he's not the you know the the, the smartest lad around Grima. Not, no. not the sharpest tool. No, no, he's not the brightest bulb. But he is a tool nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> nonetheless, um, <laughs> I love how like words in the English language just like nonetheless can never be said again without just saying like nonetheless. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we will meet them in battle nonetheless. Yeah. <laughs> and I think anytime I'm talking to somebody about like, you know, hiding something, I always say, keep it secret. Keep it safe. <laughs> I know, yeah. I mean, happens, I, like. well, I mean, yeah, we should probably ask the listeners as well. Is is it just me and Dave or is this the same for everybody else? Has like everybody else's vocabulary and pronunciation of the English language being changed thanks to, well, I was going to say because of, but I'm now changing, I'm going to say thanks to <laughs> Lord of the Rings because I'm not like angry about this fact at all. I think <laughs> it's great that uh, I have to say nonetheless in this way or as Dave said there, if I want to talk about, you know, keeping something safe, I'll have to say, keep it secret, keep it safe. Exactly. Yeah. So sent- so please let us know and let us know your examples of things that, uh, uh, that you always say that are direct quotes from Lord of the Rings. Yes. It would be wise to send them in, <laughs> my old friend. We must join with him, Gundam. We must join with Sauron. It would be wise, my friend. Um, so, moving swiftly on to the Ithil Stone. So, this is placed in Minas Ithil. Once the Nazgul took over the city... They took the stone back to Barad-dûr for their master Sauron. I think I mentioned earlier, but Minas Ithil becomes Minas Morgul. But that that was the name of the stone, anyways. Minas Ithil. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was that was the name of it when it was um, part of Gondor and it was like a fortress of the Great Kingdom. But yeah, um, this was a stone that Sauron used to communicate with Denethor. And interestingly, Denethor's will was so strong that he was able to resist Sauron who was able to corrupt the mind of the wizard Saruman, wow. as I said earlier. Uh, although this did age Denethor rapidly and it made him very depressed. And I think in the movie, they, they do a really uh-huh. good job of showing how, like, I don't know, hopeless he is. His depression. Yeah. the But, like, he just has, like, a lost hope in the in the kingdom of, of Gondor. And, you know, anytime he has a chance, he just throws the toys out of the basket. He's like, nah, I surrender. Oh yeah, stop! <laughs> yeah, that's um, it was it was a fantastic performance from um, it was a noble performance, J- John Noble. Yeah, well done. Yeah, it's John. Oh, yeah, um, Mister Noble. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a noble performance by by him. I have seen more than you know. With your left hand, you would use me as a shield against Mordor, and with your right, you'd seek to supplant me. Yeah, it's also I would say, however, that. Everybody who just watches the movies kind of just thinks Denethor is just a prat 
and uh, nothing else about him. But I would say that in the books, you do realize that he's he's really cool. Well, it's not that he's cool; he's still mm. annoying as well. But like he he's really strong, and um, yeah, he's really powerful as well, and he's extremely wise. Yeah, extremely wise, and uh, and it doesn't really look like it from the movies, but. Um, he cares a lot for Gondor and he he loves Gondor and the reason he's u- using the stone in fact that brings us on to the, the Anor stone which is the stone that was placed in Minas Tirith and the reason Denethor uses this stone is to watch over his lands and to protect Gondor um, and, sorry the reason the, the stone is called the Anor stone is because the city Minas Tirith used to be, be titled Minas Anor so Denethor, after years of using this stone, uh, and like I said earlier, his will was so great that he was able to kind of reject or resist Sauron, I suppose. Um, reject him. Turn him down. Yeah, reject him. He swiped left. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sauron was like, he sent him a super like Sauron did. And he's like, <laughs> nah, not going to like this. Yeah, but um, he, he, he just became so kind of depressed and uh, lost all faith and lost all hope. And that's kind of where we see him, where he's at in the movie. So that's why he's a bit of a antagonist, I suppose. Mm, that and obviously the death of his wife were two things that made him just yes. go completely bitter and start to hate the world and Faramir. It'd be like, <laughs> everything's crap in my life. I'm going to take it all out. Faramir, that dick. Yeah. <laughs> Faramir. Um, but yeah, uh, interestingly, they don't have this in the movie, but the, he was, he was holding the stone. Well, in the movie, it's, it plays out a little bit different, but, um, when he commits suicide on the funeral, the pyre, he's actually holding this seeing stone and, um, yeah, it's pretty, pretty grim. And also it's, it's pretty cool. But after he dies, um, that seeing stone, whenever it was being used again, only people with exceeding power, could see anything in it other than two flaming hands so Ooh. it's kind of spooky but uh yeah spooky and grim that's terrifying yeah imagine that you're like oh i just want to go on to tinder today you're like oh, oh somebody's burning <laughs> <laughs> so the the last stone that i'm going to touch on is the chief stone which was in Osgiliath. And this was so large that it couldn't be lifted by a single man but most likely machinery and I'm just saying that because every picture I've seen of this stone, it's been like hoisted up by some sort of pulley system thing. Um, so I don't know. I, I, that could just be artist interpretation. But like that's that's the kind of vibe I get from it. <laughs> it's like so huge that, yeah, you can only move it with massive machinery. How huge are we talking? Um, I'd say about like six, seven, maybe like eight foot diameter. Right. I'm just going off the top of my head from like judging the size of those pictures, but but also remember that's made of marble or yeah. made of whatever it's, it's made of. Solid, so. solid stone, basically. So probably weighs weighs a fair amount. Yeah, so obviously this was the largest of all the seeing stones in Middle Earth, and it could actually spy on all the others, so it was a sneaky stone as well. The sneaky seeing stone. <laughs> that was, was Gollum stone. Yeah. Sneak. Sneak. <laughs> Uh, so this stone was lost during the great battle in Osgiliath which which was actually a civil war which is kind of interesting Um, but yeah we can come back to that another time Uh, this is when the city was burned and the stone fell into the river Anduin never to be seen again she's that Anduin river is always swallowing stuff up 
It's just like, yeah, oh, I'm just going to fall in here and either never be seen again or be lost for about 5,000 years. And you're kind of going, Jesus, <laughs> this nuisance, that river. Just get rid of that river. It's absolute nuisance altogether. It's mm. always taken like valuable jewelry and special magical items. Exactly. And then one time lads go fishing on it, they get dragged in by this, by some giant fish and then they end up... <laughs> Finding a ring and killing each other. So, uh, yeah, there's nothing good that ever happens in that Anduin River. Yeah, what has the River Anduin ever done good in Middle Earth? Was that a proper sentence? <laughs> <laughs> what have the Romans ever done for us? <laughs> yeah, precisely. Other than build roads and aqueducts and. Yeah. Irrigation. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> So the other stones that we know about, uh, I'm not going to talk much about these, but the Amon Sul stone, which was stationed on Weathertop, where mm-hmm. we, we see this in the movies. Well, we don't see the stone, but we see the ruin of Weathertop. Um, in case anyone doesn't know, this is where Aragorn fights the ring rates for the first time with the hobbits. Uh, Frodo gets stabby stabbed. Uh, the next and stone Amon Hen? I the... uh, don't think so. No. Amonhen didn't have one either, no? No. Uh, so okay. there's Weathertop and then there's the Anuminas stone, uh, which is in Anuminas. I'm trying to remember where that is. I don't know. I think this this is in Arnor as well. Uh, and then the Elendil stone, which is in Olasterion, which again, I think is in Arnor. Do those Palantir things ever lie? Never. No, because I was trying to think there about like Amonsul and Amonhen... Excuse me, uh, Amon Sul and Amon Hen, and I thought that they were like two great like watch tower areas because you have um, obviously Amon Sul weather top where they fight the the, the ring rates. That's you know it look it looks like it's got a great positional advantage because it's a big tall tower looking hill in the middle of like flatlands or in the middle of nowhere, and so obviously that's got a great area to to like look out from. But then also, um, Amon Hen. I'm pretty sure I remember that on the top of Amon Hen, there's actually a, like a chair where you could just sit and have this huge view out, look like looking out across the, the landscape as well. So I remember that was another really important like viewing point of old. Um, it's like if you're driving your car along like, I don't know, the coast of Kerry and you see, oh, there's a little, <laughs> little, little place I could stop off here and go and get a beautiful view. And uh, like it'd be signposted with those like, brown heritage signpost you're like oh here we are lovely view so that was kind of like wild atlantic way exactly that was like amon hen and amon soul like if you're driving through middle earth on your horse and cart you see little brown heritage sign that says go this way for a glorious view you're like oh right yeah lovely stuff so uh, yeah it's just a, it was a viewpoint it was a viewpoint was a no and viewpoint. so they both were so when you mentioned that one of the scene stones was on amon soul i thought oh well maybe amon hen as well because uh, yeah it was just a just a, a stab in the dark hmm hmm quote the book exactly yeah but with a bit of a schleigo schlang on it schleibo schlang schlang um yeah i'm pretty sure that uh there was no palantir located on amon hen but a few of them did move around and i know that there are like if people want to look further into the lore of some of the the stones from arnor am i getting that word right arnor yeah That's arnor the yeah. Other, yeah 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 the yeah. kingdom yeah yeah, it's like one of those times when you, whenever you like repeat a word too many times, then you're like, "Yeah, is this a word?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually, that happened I to be like, sure. I think that happened to be like yesterday, where I had to like Google a word, 
like a really normal word like fork or something and i was like <laughs> is this a word you're like what the fork is this because <laughs> uh, um, i can't remember there's a name for that condition where you just hear a word repeated so many times and it just starts to lose all meaning and you're like and you have to like you have to wait for a period of time until that word actually starts to make sense again you're like ah fork yeah <laughs> yeah it's like when uh do you know when homer is like a gime what the hell is a gime and then he goes to the gym and he's like oh a gime yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's class um sorry what i was gonna say earlier is if anyone wants to like know more about the lore uh in some of these stones located in arnor i know there's a couple of different stories like each one has um a little tale to it like I think they have tails. Elen- yeah, they have head and tails. <laughs> They're also coins. Um, Elendil stone. I think it's Elendil stone was situated in this big tower, and it was facing um, Numenor or where Numenor was. Mm. And the, I think the only thing that stone could do was just like, or, sorry, was it looking at Valinor? I think it was looking at Valinor. And the only thing that stone could do was see Valinor or something like that. Hmm. Maybe it was Numenor. <laughs> Somebody let us know in the comments. Uh, I don't. I can't remember. Thanks for coming to the Metalheads podcast <laughs> to learn lots of information and factual <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I'm pretty sure one stone saw Numenor <laughs> and one saw Valinor. Do you know what I think it was? Do you know were they what just I think stones that were just found on the beach and uh, they washed ashore and they were just used as marbles and then. Sauron and Sauron had a big game of marbles and that was about it that was about it I think I think Elendil Stone was when it was in Numenor he could see Valinor and then when they left Numenor and he went to this place Elastirian um, he situated it in a tower and faced Numenor but he couldn't he couldn't see anything so the stone was basically sure Numenor had been sunk by then that's what I'm saying. Anytime, oh, yeah. well, I think he was like searching, or I don't know, searching for, I don't know what he was searching for. Atlantis. It, but, uh, I was about to say the last. Issue. He basically he saw nothing but like waves and fishes, sea and, and fishies, yeah, fish yeah. eye, um, <laughs> fish eyes. Yeah. And then I think another stone. Um, I think that it might have been the uh, a Numina stone. There was another tale there where that one ended up being sunk as well, or sank. French five. <laughs> Sanked. Yeah. Half deeth. Yeah, so um half deeth. I have looked inside my palantir. But yeah, that's um that's pretty much everything about the the palantir. Like there there isn't a huge amount of information available about them. Um but yeah, that's as that's as much as I can give you. Again, guys, if you do want to know more, um I watched the the nerd of the rings video and matt goes into a lot of detail in that video as well so it's worth checking it out if you do want to know some more nerdy detail on some of the less popular stones but yeah Mm. yeah uh nerd of the rings has got some great content so go check him out as well if you already don't follow him yeah, and I have I have a sneaky feeling that anyone that listens to us might be uh, a subscriber to Nerd of the Rings. So, thanks, guys. So, I'm going to shout out, you know, um, if you're looking for a great cup of coffee, there's this place I just found called Starbucks. Uh, oh, really? Thanks, man. Kind of up and coming place, you know, so uh, go yeah, check I've it out. Yeah, I've heard this fine uh, restaurant called McDonald's. Uh, some mm. people know it as Mackey D's, but uh, yeah, it's quite nice. <laughs> 
I have a little interesting fact for you also. Tidbit? A little tidbit. Well, Ooh. it's kind of outside of the world of Lord of the Rings. But did you know that there is a US software company called Palantir Technologies? And mm. it's a direct ripoff of the Palantiri because it's logo as well. I looked it up and the logo, I actually found it when I was trying to research the Palantir. And I was like, oh, this isn't what I'm looking for. But uh, yeah, the logo is just basically a ball uh, uh, above a wide V. Ah. So it's clearly a Palantir in its little kind of crystal ball holder yes, thing. It's a cradle. So, yeah. So I just kind of thought that was cool. All right. Oh, very good. And um, that sounds cool. Maybe maybe there's some evil characters working in this company. Like, uh, is there any representation? Who's who's the CEO? Is his name like yeah. S.Mon, like Sauron <laughs> Or something. Yeah. Or, yeah, S the White. You're like, what? <laughs> so it's a racist company too. <laughs> yeah. That reminds me as well. Um, I'm trying to remember what it was. Uh, dad, not too long ago, had some company come to the house. And what were they doing? Was it like a heating company or something? Were they Jehovah's Witnesses? No, no, no. <laughs> No, no, he let them in the door. Like. <laughs> he said, come on in. They were like, "Yeah, what? We've never got this far. <laughs> yeah. What do we do now? Yeah, but I, I think it was like some heating company or something. But the the name on the van was Aragon. Yeah, no, they were the, they were the repair company for our pellet stove heater. And oh. it was called Ar- Aragon. And I was like, oh, like I was talking to the like. The, the guy that was at the door and he was I was like oh kind of like from Lord of the Rings and he was like yeah the the guy that set up the company 30 years ago named it after the book character Aragorn and I was like no way. oh cool yeah and I was like this was months ago and I was like are you oh. a, a fan of Lord of the Rings because we have um a podcast and he was like no <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah that's cool there's also an area in Spain called Aragorn oh there is just um give that place a shout out as well but um <laughs> shout out to that place shout out to that landmass yep there's also a big spider in harry potter called aragon <laughs> this conversation could go on for a while guys so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah is it the spider or is it aragog i don't know uh but there's also the table of elements aragon hmm yeah yeah very soon he will have summoned an army great enough to launch an assault upon Middle-earth. You know this? Huh? I have seen it. Well guys, that pretty much sums up all there is to know about the Seeing Stones or the Palantiri and their functionality. Most of the stones end up being lost or possibly destroyed but they all have a little story of their own. Like I said, I would recommend Nerd of the Rings video on the Palantiri as Matt discusses in further detail the timeline of each stone and its fate. If there is anything else you'd like to ask us or inform us concerning the Palantiri or anything at all, you can find us on Twitter at melon underscore heads or check out the rest of our socials in the description. Also, if you want to help us even further, you can become a member for just two euro a month on our Buy Me A Coffee account, which is Buy Me A Coffee dot com forward slash the melon heads or even make a one-time donation there just check the link in the description thank you all so much for listening 
please do hit that subscribe button so that you're notified when new episodes come out and leave us a review after the five star rating of course and we will see you next week